All right. Welcome to Savanting the Idiot. I'm Sensational Sense. I'm Death Metal Douglas. Welcome to the show. We have a guest with us, Joey Wrecked Maya or Joey Maya Wrecked. What, what's your preference? Uh, Joey Wrecked Maya works. Happy to be here, Sense. Happy to be here, Douglas. I get to see behind the curtain of your wizardry. Yes. <laughs> it's like Wizard of Oz. It's been ruined. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Our cover's blown. Let me ask you, as far as I was asking you uh, your name, uh, how'd you get the nickname right off the bat, Joey Wrecked? That's, you know what, that's a great question, and I don't think it's ever been asked, and if it has, I don't remember it. Uh, so I can't we st- remember it if it's in this. But, I asked yeah. him, I was like, Doug, did he mention his I, nickname in the book? I didn't get to read it because Doug has been hogging that book up. He didn't want to part with it, I was so whatever. I, honestly, I don't remember, but I thought I may have mentioned how Isaac Baruch and I were, we wanted to start this band and we were just, you know, spitballing ideas of how okay. to uh, be outrageous to, to set, you know, to... To look different in the pack, and Isaac was talking about hanging dildos, you know, from the <laughs> stage and things yeah. like that. So we, we we started like that's cool having fun with our names, uh-huh. and he said Jacques Strap for him. Okay, and I and I said Joey wrecked, and I started laughing because the connotation of uh, oh. of wrecked. So you almost made your own nickname up on the spot. It was yeah. I, I said wrecked, and yeah, I started laughing. Joey yeah. wrecked, thinking you know a boner. And we started laughing like 16-year-old kids. That's cool. No, but that I was curious as to if somebody gave you the nickname, you know. When I hear wrecked, I think of like this super party dude that's always, you know. Well, it fit my personality. Course, you know, well, eventually yeah, it fit I my personality. I was like, man, has this guy been, you, you know, you on the floor or, so many times? Or like, the case yeah, that he's always wrecked. So they were like, you know what, Joey? You're just wrecked. From now on, we're just going to call you Joey Wrecked because you're yeah. in a permanent state of wreckedness. Well, before so, drugs and alcohol, I yeah. was just a clumsy dude, but. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that, cool. That that's cool. I was curious. Well, either that or uh, you know, we could call it, we could you know you're also known as uh, I guess Josephine Dupont. Oh, that's a that little secret <laughs> that's in the book. <laughs> that's great. All we right. would rather see Josephine drop the pen. Yeah, <laughs> or is it the pencil? I can't remember. Well, Smegma's record <laughs> all of a sudden. The, yeah. Came well, out. no, it turned into Teddy and the Frack Girls, of and. So you actually did have something out on Alternative Tentacles, but it wasn't under your name. Under so. Josephine yeah. Dupont. Yeah, I recorded with funny. Teddy and the Frat Girls. Yeah, that's funny. That's pretty cool. So we were wondering, Joey, uh, this came up, you know, because we were trying going through how, what we were going to ask you, you know, and what order and, you know, the preliminary questions. But um, wondering about the secret to your eternal... Youthful look. Do <laughs> you compliment yeah. him on? Yeah, which is ironic. But I, well, let's just keep the behind the scenes thing. But this was part of one of the questions he asked, and ju- it's funny because just I, just let me say because he t- he tells me after you drop off the book, which I agree because now I'm seeing you in in, in person. You know, I think but he says you cut your hair shorter than the, the recent pictures of what you with the book. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. you know, you guys touch base, you drop off the book, and, and then Doug tells me, he's like, you know, one of the questions we got to ask Joey is, you know, wh- wh- what does he do to, to keep himself, you know, maintaining that 
youthful appearance. You said something yeah. about what you say about I, I the said Florida like, well, you know, fountain of youth. Ponce de Leon had the fountain of youth back well, in the 1500s. Well, one of the Where guys at Joey. One of the guys in my <laughs> yeah. boxing gym is uh, okay. See, one hundred percent confident that I made a deal with the devil okay. at some point. So yeah. there you have it. There <laughs> and which I haven't yet. Yeah, but. Okay, good, good to know. Well, he hasn't made the deal yet, but it's on the table. It's, 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 it's on still the on table. the table. <laughs> All right. Well, he knows how to sell things. He can sell <laughs> stuff to Satan himself. Yeah. Um, he could, he could, that good he could sell fire to the devil, so well, to speak. I'm sure the know. devil has a leg up on me. As, as well, evil as I could be. Can you play the fiddle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm, I'm gonna, I hope no, I actually, never have to find yeah, out. Well, the fiddle thing we'll talk about later. So when he mentioned uh, that, to me, he was like, man, I, I want to present that as a question. He goes, Joey looks younger than both of us put together. And I was like, really? Because that just brought out the narcissistic person in he me. Because I take Who's pride in my youthful appearance because everybody's always telling me, oh, how do you have a grandkid and blah, blah, blah. You, you got to be in your early yeah, you, you don't even look to be 40. Well, for sure. Yeah. Now you understand why that provoked my curiosity. I'm like... Uh, he looks, he, he goes, if you look, if people tell you, you, you look young, Joey looks like he's 20. And then, and then I got your picture and I showed it to my wife. I said, this, check this dude out. Yeah, 58, and my, right? No, no, I, I didn't present any uh, uh, age or uh, does this guy look younger than me? You know, or, 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 <laughs> See, or my wife, part. my wife's like looking at it and she goes, no, he looks your same age. And then I was like, damn it. Douglas Wright. <laughs> so Rob yeah. Rob Elba yeah. at rehearsal this weekend was yelling at me, accusing me of dyeing my hair. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, it's funny totally that we. Bring I remember it up. when his hair looked like yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, there's plenty yeah. of gray. But that's yeah. the funny thing is like my 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 wife was like, yeah, you guys look the same age, and I'm like, well, shit, I that there there you have it. I shave everything, so I don't Doug have to deal wasn't with all the gray going in. for a stretch. You know, it's like yeah. you have a very youthful appearance. It, run, know, it seems to which, run in my family. But so that's, that's a good what I was going to say. Do you do something special? Or like, I, I know on my end, like, there's, of course, there's genetics, and then you could, it, apparently, you're into boxing and, and stuff like that. So, how long have you been into MMA? I mean, because I know you mentioned we that. I started in MMA, but no, okay. I, I'm a traditional that, boxer. Okay. Like four or five years I've been boxing. Okay. Just, that's just cool. boxing. So, that helps. That definitely helps. I mean, are you still doing it now? You've only been. Yeah. You've been, yeah, oh, yeah. So you I got my, five my, years. my wrist yeah. is sprained, but other than that, I'm yeah. sparring and fighting. Yeah, I, w I saw a video that you put up where you're you're doing the body sparring and, and you you said no you know no face hitting just yet but, but no we we've been was, we we hit to the face yeah but in that particular video that's right what I was saying. right right yeah, right yeah so I noticed it was pretty impressive I saw you going at it in, in the ring so um, guy that I spar with just knocked out his 210 pound opponent in 34 seconds wow well, we were, that's we were like Mike about Tyson that type he's literally a yeah, Tyson Junior they call Isaiah, him. Isaiah wow. Thompson okay yep. is that how you say it Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah Thompson, yeah. Yep. No, because you're supposed to put up a video at some point about that. Was, that was, was like, funny. Oh he said God, it was a short is, video. That, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. 34, actually, 34 seconds. <laughs> they posted it. He just started punching the guy and he overwhelmed just, the guy, and just, the guy went down. Wow. The guy looks impressive, though. When I see the pictures, he does yeah. look like an oh, he looks intimidating like a dude. He's yeah, strong and fast exactly. and, yeah, I was and, looking at, yeah, and I was trains a lot. Wow. Yeah, he looks like he would definitely put you to sleep with what just one you know, good hook or whatever, you know? Now, that's like two or three weights under heavy. I think it's like three weights under. Or is it well, two he, weights he's, under? he's, uh, because he's only like 20, 
two or something uh-huh. like he's that. He's a kid. Yeah, he's yeah. young. He might no, have... I meant like the size. Right, yeah. so yeah, he's... Dumb, does, he's yeah. My point is he's still growing, so I think he just fought <laughs> oh, at yeah, 200. Yeah, yeah. So it's like one one uh, yeah, one right. level under heavyweight. Wow. Okay, not two then. Okay. So And he trains at the same uh, dojo or... Yep, yep, boxing okay. gym, sure. That's how you... Okay, that's that's yep. pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's a great gym. Canino's Boxing Gym. It's a fun place Speaking to of Facebook and comments and whatever, there was a few comments that... That actually intrigued Doug and I. Yeah, it's kind of And Doug actually, actually got into the spar. You saw them probably today because I comments. remember you left a little bit of stuff. Oh, the comments, no. We're trying okay. to figure out. Well, and... the comments, I'm going to give context. As far as the comments, uh, you know, I, I like to do these trailers for our guests before they come on. I try to do my homework and, and whatnot. So there was, so uh, I released the trailer. And, and I had then, my version of it, yeah. And then you... You know, put it on wherever you spread it out, and then that spawned comments on the bottom of the trailer. I, you know, you saw the thing I put up about you okay. know Joey drummed for Roach Motel also. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like twenty twenty five comments about the whole Black Flag show, which of course we all know you hitched the ride, you got there, you missed the gig, and somebody I don't know if it was David. He's Kent, saying we all know, but the the book readers know for sure. Andy Panic. Was claims that his band went on first, the abusers, because there was a second gig. I didn't want to go on oh, on Facebook oh, as yeah. the forum, but the, so I wrote the story of my That's... gig with Roach Mot- with Roach Motel and Black Flag, but there was another one that came after, and that was May of '82, I think, or yours was no, in May of '82. Mine was like May June of '82, so it had to have been after. It had yeah. to have been after. Yeah, it might have been like. Black Flag played they played Florida like two and three times a year They're almost, some people were like man Black Flag might as well be a local band already because I remember when I first started getting to punk in 84, 85 I took it for granted because there was when I first got in, into the scene in like late 84 Black Flag played maybe like four shows and I was like oh I'll see them next time and then they freaking broke up and I saw Rollins do his first Solo thing open uh, opening up for uh, so uh, descendants, but anyway, so not we got, to cut it off, but we to, got these. We need to. We got these th- four guys. Exactly that were those guys. Uh, Andy Andy Panic. Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, you know Roach Motel played after the the abusers, and then there was Saccharine Trust, which you know is a good band also. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I met Joe Biza actually, by the way. But anyways, the, and then Black Flag came on. Um, then there's also David Camp. He's the one that promoted the show. Now, did David Camp promote the show that you hitched a ride to, or was that somebody else? I, I, I doubt it. So I would not know who the promoter was, but I doubt it was David Camp. Yeah. Cause there was another guy named Harry F. Uh, Darrymple. I just met him on Facebook about, I don't know, three months ago and stuff. And he was like, Oh, by the way, you know, he sent me some messages and some stuff saying that he used to live in Florida. And, um, and then there's another guy that made the flyers named Barry Saltz. Oh, I know I Barry, of yeah, course. I figured, record collector. Yeah. So I guess we give a couple shout outs to those guys. So basically there was yeah, another Yeah, but basically gig. there was a conversation yeah. between all these guys. Yeah, and I was and like, where's this other... We were trying to clear it up because he was like, was there two gigs? And you just confirmed that. There, yeah. there was That's what gigs. we were wondering, you know, between us both. It was like, was, was there just, two gigs? Yeah, or really are these guys wrong with their what they're remembering? Or, you know... That's but all. I mean, you know, and but that was a different as, drummer that played the other show, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I was on the turnpike said, yeah. with some guy that wanted to rape or kill me. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. 
We were down. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you get out, out of Spoiler that? Spoiler alert. I was trying to keep that awake. <laughs> Part of our goal here is to sell more of these books. Turned out my virginity, virginity is intact. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But I could definitely understand why you took that up MMA creepy. after. Not to mention the stolen like car. And you know, it's like, if I'm going to keep, if I'm going to keep on, you know, drinking from eternal youth, I might have this situation come up again. Next time I want, definitely want to fucking, you know, hand it to yeah. these You live and learn, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, anyways, Good the stuff. book is called The Drummer of Miami Beach, The Story of Joey Wrecked. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Which, people buy it, you know. Yeah, anyways, definitely. But, um, it's a great book. Yeah. And uh, he's going to read it as soon as I give it up. Uh, yeah, like I said. Got, I mean, you guys. shoot me first. No, but yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, we were also, uh, there was also a thing about um, um, when... Um, I guess um, you played, uh, uh, you went to that, you know, see the clash and whatnot. And, yeah, there um, is a mention. I remember you... reading about that too, that Terry Chimes had rejoined the band after the Combat Rob, Rock album was dropped. There's a mention of you not like digging the clash, if so to speak. For Just a that while. show. Yeah. yeah, for that. Well, I thought the drummer was would be Topper Heaton because Topper yeah, Heaton. I, I read that too when I was young. Because yeah. he did the album. Yeah, which so, makes sense. And he started. That's, he started with their second or third out. I think he was on. I think they went back and forth depending on. Sure, but I looked at the credits. He was on giving them enough rope. Their second album. I think Terry Chimes is only on the first album. But that first album it only shows three of them anyway. So I guess they already. He was already out of the band by the time the album came out. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. I of, suppose that because I used to think there were three guys in the Clash when I saw that picture. Right. You know? Well, they. It was either Tory Crimes or Topper Hedden as the, as the drummer. But okay. yeah, Tory Tory Crimes was a drummer, and he's a fucking great drummer. Yeah. But I was expecting the little jazzy topper head in. All right. Yeah, he's and, got more. And my guess is, without knowing the real story, because they didn't talk to me about it, but they were not very tight. It seemed like yeah. he joined them at the last minute and played the gigs. They didn't rehearse enough. That's that's my guess. Was that one of the first yeah, shows that's speculation. of the tour? I, I, see, I don't, I don't know. Because it said didn't... summer of 82, and that tour went around to the Us Festival a year later. Who, who, that's who when knows? Mick Jones got kicked out of the band. Wow. So I'm like, thinking, that, like, you know, I mean, probably yeah. five shows later, or maybe even a month or two later, Terry was probably they broken were probably, in pretty well. They were hitting, yeah. I'm sure they were hitting yeah. on all cylinders. Which which led to an, another question as When they as, opened for the Who or whatever. What you but, yeah. were wondering, you know, as far as why they defaulted back to Terry. Like, in your opinion, do you think that it was like a punk decision, a loyalty decision? Or, you know, because then one asked themselves, they're like, well, why didn't they just seek out not to say that no one is pro and who judges what is pro or whatever, but it's easy to get like somebody who's, you know, a, it'd be easy to line up 20 drummers drummer, to audition know, for the that, clash. That, that, but that's have, not the way the clash would be. Would think. Exactly. Tory chimes was their drummer. So it's not like they're getting a, another drummer. They're, okay. they're getting a clash okay. drummer. So that's, but they could have had somebody that had a little more yeah, experience but, like topper, you know, as far as doing the, Little nuances with the swing I, I, I and the jazz. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't downplay Terry, Terry Terry Chimes. He's he's really an outstanding drummer. Yeah, which is not our goal. We just want to you know just clear it up as far a, as a band like the opinion. Clash is not going to hire a drummer because they're a band. Okay. Yeah. They're not like they don't hire you know players. 
they're all for one and one for all. More like, yeah. like in, the, in the spirit of the punkishness, where, which we assumed, but we figured, you know, we'd clear the air as far as just keeping in suit yep. with the whole, you know, with the whole thing. Well, it depends so that, on the situation you're in. A lot of times you could just start a band with your friends. Yeah. But then if you're really looking for that one instrument that's not there, you're going to have to do auditions. But it's never, it's yeah. never, it's in my experience, it's never the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. of course it's not. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not authentic. Because a, a group of people that are putting in their dues, meaning they're going through trial and error with each other, going into gigs, putting, you know, just going through the whole motions, is different from just auditioning some some dude that you know might right, be a that guy is part of the process. Drummer. Exactly. Yeah. So I that that's understood. I mean, but that clears that part of it because we were definitely curious about you know what what your take on that was. I was curious as to the riot police. Like this is you ran into Terry, you know, because you you ran into their dressing room. I wonder if you could elaborate on that because I know it's in the book, but with not trying to give too not to give your book away. It's, but, you it, know, it's, it's exactly. fine. Anybody, I'm not yeah. gonna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's plenty to go around. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so I write. Then that's timely now because there's riots going on, yeah. and people yeah. don't know what a riot looks like. It's not very fucking pretty. No, to, it's not. No. I mean, it's violent. It's it's ultra violent to yeah, see a, a kid who's you know, 15 or 16 or 17 get hit with a baton is shocking. Yeah. And God these damn. guys were just Yeah, and you said it them. could have been you. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. A guy right next For to sure. me got hit in the head and he was, I mean, gushing from his head. But drummers Not are pretty wide. But it's so another riot. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe and that's why. And doing whatever you had to do. <laughs> Trust me, if these fuckers want to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah, okay. And you said they, <laughs> once, he, once he hit the ground, they started hitting him again. Oh, they like, beat wow. him five, six Jesus times Christ. with a wooden Blood stick. coming out on the street. It's gross. So that paints the picture. So, of course, you're looking for a place to get out of Dodge. And then... Somehow you end up in the, not somehow that's one of the no, places totally, you see totally random. refuge in a random room and it happens. To yeah, be but the you clash. said you couldn't go out the front, so you had to go around the back. All the and that's hotels how you wound up in their dressing room. All yeah, the, the whole hotels, hotel was locked up. They locked yeah. all all the hotels on Peach Street. They locked the doors. Yeah. So we ended up in an alley. It's funny because you call it Peach Street. It's actually Peach Tree Street. But it's cool. I noticed that because the Fox Theater is oh, in Atlanta. Shit. One it's more right mistake. along Peach Tree Street. Okay. Yeah, was good. Not that was we good get opinion. nerdy on this show. No, ever. I had that written down. That's, that's kind of that's, funny. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually no, funny. No, I did see that is. in the book, but you said Peach Street. That's mistake number tree. 17 in the book. That, that's <laughs> I, it's only number one for me, so and I left it at number one. <laughs> so you won't be hearing that again. Yeah, nothing yeah, so gets there was by Doug sometimes, huh? <laughs> there, we were trying doors, and this door was unlocked, and I was with two girls wearing like, okay. fishnet stockings and Whoa, you know little little mini skirt. And um, we walked yeah. in. There's the kind of chicks that make you lose your mind. Or, or punk like, rock girls. If I had time, I would just stop and just. Well, obviously you did, because think of this. He's like he remembers what they look like. He's in the minute. He's in the midst of insanity. He's looking for a place to find sanctuary. No, they were, they were, he's with them. He was with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're my friends. I stand but, corrected. But but the, the reason bad. I'm since the, the reason I'm mentioning okay. it is when the Clash sees me burst uh -huh. in, they would have kicked my ass out. But when they see the two girls in their, you know, yeah. mini skirts, they said, "Hey, yeah, come okay. on yeah, in." Yeah, this he, this is a cool dude. He brings yeah, chicks. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> has and a bottle of Jack yeah, Daniels. He has yeah. offerings with him. <laughs> so they let us uh, so hang out with them. That's awesome. Yeah. So because you you start to to shoot the shit with Terry. Actually. You said you didn't All remember what you guys. talked about though. Well, with Terry, no. With uh, Mick Jones, I actually oh, yeah. asked Mick that was Jones. Tense. 
No, what happened about to the gig? And Mick Jones is an intense man. Okay. So he just gave me this look that like you know melted me like 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 yeah, it's just incinerated like me right better. through you right one yeah. of those. So that was that. That was the end of that conversation. <laughs> wow. And you have to read the book yeah. to know how it happened. I was yeah. I was curious, like drummer to drummer, because you figured you know Terry is a drummer and whatever. Oh, I was curious he's, he's if one you of had the, any recollection of how that conversation went. He, you know, you he's one of my idols. But okay. the, the funny part is that my brain was still. You know, disappointed in, in the show. You've seen a guy right. with getting his head bashed in. Yeah, well, I wasn't was really in shock. Is that I'm a very yeah. natural person, so what you see at the time is how I'm feeling. Okay. And at the time, I wasn't really a Tory Crimes fan. I was disappointed that it wasn't Topper Hedden. But then when I'm hanging out with him, I'm like, shit, this is fucking Terry Chimes. This is still yeah, yeah, still one of the best punk drummers around yeah, yeah and so. it's still he's still a clash drummer still a clear yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the yeah. idols of time yeah. but that night was so hectic you know it's not yeah it was so, wild course, i get that wild so, the totally whole day was wild yeah it sounds fucking crazy as hell you yeah, know, could you I imagine mean, you know huh. a riot and hanging out with the clash and yeah shit yeah that's no, fucking I, I totally read, awesome that's why you it's pretty to, random to too like nerdy shit like well what did you guys talk about you know musician to musician good question good question but, no, I but, read it again because we were trying to figure out what you and Terry talked about. Mm -hmm. So I, I read it on the way up here. I read that section again along with the black flag thing, too. Yeah. And ironically, yeah. I have a memory that I fucking remember, you know, what a person's wearing, what the temperature was. Yeah. Photographic I, memory. So I cannot speak. recall a single topic that we spoke about. But you about. know what? That's understandable because, like I said, like you corrected me. It wasn't that you were in shock, but you're like, damn, there was a lot going on, man. It's a <laughs> lot to process. It's like it, you could be the most astute human being and still, it was so busy that night that, you know, you have to a lot what you're going to pay attention to and what's going to take, you know, preference in your memory. So that's totally understand and it was very natural very yeah. comfortable and we all felt you know That's at ease cool. with these with the clash yeah. but at least you got to hang out with the you know oh, it clash. was amazing yeah was but amazing. you probably didn't talk that long to Terry. I guess it was like maybe 10 minutes or That's five about minutes. right, yeah. 10 That's minutes. the same amount of time. I met Sting of the police, and it was it was kind of cool. He, uh, We didn't talk about the police at all. We just talked about Elvis Costello because Elvis Costello is opening up. And one of the last things I said to him was like, okay, well, Elvis has left the building. Are you nervous? And he's like, oh. So somebody was talking about <laughs> doing cocaine with Sting. <laughs> And they were talking about his laughing, and I kept thinking, "Well, I heard that." I chuckle. was gonna, I was gonna say it's, it, it, when you did. Oh, ho, ho, I'm like, is that really how Sting? Yeah, laughs? that's how he laughs. He's gotta, okay, S sounds that's, looks sounds accurate. Somebody yeah. was talking about yeah. doing blow with him, and I'm keep thinking, and they were like talking about how he was laughing and stuff. Mm -hmm. and I kept, I already know that laugh, yeah, so I could sort of maybe see him doing the, you know, doing yeah, the do, the blowing <laughs> and the chuckle. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> blow, blow, blow. <laughs> yeah, when, when when we go high, they go low, or no, when we go low, they go high. I'm not a personal admirer of Sting. Okay. By no, the way, they, he was nice when I met him, though. I'm I just, sure he's a great. I human heard being. he's a real pain in the ass to the other two guys, but you know that's. I, I'm just such a I'll fan have to read of the Andy police. Summers got that book, so. Oh. Cool. Oh. I mean, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it. So. That's what he's saying. It's like that. I'm glad you made that distinction because as soon as you said that you weren't a personal fan of Sting, then I'm thinking you know Police has already get crossed uh, they're off one of the my list. favorite bands. But see, but that's I as understand. As a drummer, you're always because, not going to yeah. like <laughs> Stuart Copeland. Come on, man. He should have gotten. He should have gotten writer's credit. That was one other thing we were going to get it to was drummers and drummers what a and writers. Monster credit. and animal. Stuart yeah. Copeland's one of the few drummers that makes it to my book. There's only like five yeah. or six. Yeah, there's a couple. Jesus, yeah, dude, not too many. What, what a great drummer. 
Oh, know? yeah. He was and, all over the place. Yeah. I saw him play at Gusman, and uh, we were. I snuck up real close, right, so uh-huh. I could see so the drummer. You're just right there. I was literally right do. in front of the drummer. I mean, drummers always yeah. get to where they can see other drummers. Yeah, like, we don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh, so this is probably like, first two albums you know, or something. Either we're going to get something. Second album. If we're going to get something that we could assimilate and add to the our repertoire, or we're just going to be judgmental. It's and probably say, before you know, he had the octobons it. on his yeah. drum kit. <laughs> Yeah. A sense yeah. he was all over Jesus. the place. Yeah, he did imagine. not stop his left hand and right mm-hmm. hand and feet. Yeah. He was just a machine. Yeah, I was I be- like, I know. I was That's in a I trance. This is before he had the octobons, you know, those little drums off to the side, the long ones. Uh, uh, yeah, probably I, no, before no, that. He had a pretty simple drum set, and he yeah. played every inch of that yeah. kit. Yeah, yeah. every symbol, every yeah, the part standard of the five piece back then. Not yeah. only the the symbol, he hits different parts of the symbol and. He yeah, just doesn't meaning stop. he's using every nuance of what he yeah. has. You know, it's not like, I, not to take anything from Neil Peart, but of course, Neil Peart, you ha- he needs a door to walk into his drum set, you know. And, and, <laughs> yeah, I said that's funny. You know what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's like literally a dome is his drum set. And uh, great, he can handle it. He could But at the same it, right? time, you have a drummer like Stuart Copeland where he can have a minimal set, but... You, that still get it every sound it got a that Neil might on, get man. out of that fucking dome. You know, you could be listening and then you'd get like an education. You were like, you know what? I, I You take small kits for granted sometimes as a drummer. And you're like, and then you'd watch Stuart Company and you're like, man, maybe I'm not doing enough. Yeah, you can do a I lot got. with four drums and yeah. four Jesus Blizzard with fucking, what's his name? Mac uh-huh. McNeely. He never had like even two rack toms. See, if I play drums, I want the two rack toms. I want the stand. I want what, what's over here. And I yeah, maybe two bass basic drums five instead piece, of one. You know, this is the most common yeah. set. Five piece. And, and no, to, I would have that with like two bass drums. And, and to continue the and to continue the comparison between Neil Peart and Copeland, mm-hmm. I mean Neil Peart could be accused of overplaying. He's the epitome of overplaying. With with Copeland, it didn't seem like he was like being outlandish. Which no, is, Copeland was very tasteful with. And then he gets your, like, when you're listening, you're like, fuck, you know? And sometimes you won't even get it on the it's, first or second subtle, listen. Yeah. You know, it's so subtle that he he's like, slips it in there. It's so Terry very musical. He's always playing so hard. You know, it's not yeah. like Stuart Copeland found a way to, like, let you know what he could do without being in your face. With Neil Peart, he wanted you to know, A, these are my skills, you know, and this is what I'm doing. So, you know, they're two very different drummers. But, of course, you got to respect them. And strangely enough, oh, Neil writes yeah. the lyrics, yeah, Sting writes the lyrics. So, it's yeah. the lyric thing is a little different, I guess. That's true, too. Yeah, but, but yeah. Um, so, Stu- you know, Stuart has more to, you know, to incorporate in. Well, it's not like Stuart Corpen- Copeland's going to get credits for writing the songs, should which, get cre- which is they interesting. They should have split it up. This, that, this, we've been talking about this. On, you probably heard a couple of our shows before uh, uh, where we them. talk about whether or not the drummer should get writer's credit in the, in, yes, in the, so. in the publishing. And generally, the drummers are screwed out of writer's And, and you, you have a not, unique yeah. experience because you've been signed. You know, it's not like we're, we're musicians, but it's not like we've been signed. And of course, you know, that's everybody's dream that's well, local here. The, All these local musicians, even if they're like 65, they're like, they're still that old school dream. Like, if we get signed, that's, that's it. Funny. That is the, the, the finish. That's the icing on the cake. And then we're going to be in there. You know, it's like, it's. Well, Circus of Power, you played the album, but you didn't do the tour, I think. Is that correct? I, I, I know. I quit right when they got signed i had a choice get signed and and live that life pretty much for the rest of my life 
or leave. So I made a black and white choice. I oh, left. That, that, oh, so, I thought you made the choice. That, no, after that's interesting. The band was so signed. what okay, was yeah, the yeah, motivation? I, I mean, when you had to do the pros and cons, and you're thinking about, and you're projecting your life, and how this is going to go, and how's that going to go? Curious. Let, let us in your mind as far as why you made that choice. So I, ironically, yeah. that's that's handled in. I, I, in the book, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's actually a, a punk on Wall Street. It takes off when, when I where left. Where this leaves, yeah. Circus yeah, of Power. Okay. But, but no, I, I, there was a lot to, that went into it. It was All one right. of those I had to choose. Do I want to live this life with mm-hmm. the best band I've ever been in? All right. My friends, the, the music was just amazing, everything I always wanted. Do, I mean, do I want to stay in this life forever? But I had this little small window where I had to either leave right then okay. or stay in it forever and it, it was just there's really no i can't even give you an explanation as to why so it was intuitive you made gut the right decision, decision actually but, but you know it's not like you're you, you could pinpoint the exact you know and when you're weighing the pros and cons you just that's just, the decision it's just that odd. you fucking even, made even at the, the band top, did pretty good but you probably made more money doing what you were doing if instead of staying in that band i can i can assure you I, that i made i would more have to money. assume <laughs> he yeah. lived the life i could tell you yeah <laughs> no, on that end <laughs> um that, yeah. i'm just i'm just I mean, kidding they i did pretty I have, well but they weren't guns and roses Douglas, that was that yeah. was a, that was humor i have no yeah. idea how, how they did financially so yeah I, I think they did good for a couple albums but they're you know it's not like you you quit guns and roses or it, you know, it became really big, almost a know. statistical um, decision that I had to make because even uh, we were at the top of our game. Yeah. What are still the odds of a band making it big? Even at the top of your game, what are the odds that, okay, you're going to go to the next level and then get, you know, Taylor Swift big? But, See, but that's, with- it's, it's great that he brought that up because that's my point is like all these local people or anybody, you know, they're still trapped in that old school dream where they think that getting signed is the answer to all of your dreams. And they don't realize I mean, that it's that's a, hun- a point in the journey. Like just because you get signed doesn't mean that you're going to go on to the next level and that, you know, there it, are levels of that. It's an all or none proposition. And then okay. Steve Albini will tell you it's none. And then probably most of the time it is, you know, but. Yeah. So, so I know for a fact that they, they were, they were comfortable. They were making a good living and that's great when you're a musician, yeah. but the end game of being a, a, a rock star, I'm using air quotes okay. is not to make, to, to, to a comfortable living is to make you know millions. Of is, course, yeah. and so I thought, what the what the it's odds still a are. business. Yeah, it's a cruel fucking mistress. <laughs> it also yeah. comes back to what I was saying with the songwriting. Was that drummer that succeeded you? Was he included in the songwriting? Is he getting royalties and publishing? I'm, I'm you're not, not sure getting how publishing, the and you're it. just getting performance royalties. You're not getting a whole lot of m- checks in the mail. Yeah, the business yeah. of of music is also kind of with kind the of major. Tough. It's and that like, was part of the decision because uh, I'm the drummer. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even though as as much as I, I mean, I I was one of the founders of the band. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like like you said, you can get. Get rid of Tory Crimes, no fucking big deal. Yeah, I mean technically it isn't. I mean a, a band like The Clash wouldn't do it, and, and I'm sure Circus of Power wouldn't have done it. But they yeah. fucking could. You know, some new hot okay. whiz kid comes along, I'm out. Yeah, I, and then I and it. then what? And and then what do I do? Yeah, because you would have blown your chance to do. Oh what yeah, you wound yeah, no, up doing. I, I had. A, you said there's only a small window of time to get that done. I was at the. That's four, what I read and what I realized. Back then, I, I didn't kept thinking make, myself. You made the right decision. 
Uh, Douglas, I didn't make a deal with the devil back then, and I still haven't. Yeah. Well, see, that's great because what you're saying is, you know, in this biz, in the music business, which you know you've endeavored in, you know, very strongly. There's choices that you have to make, where you, you have to weigh your integrity, you know, against what. And I guess that's what the real definition of selling your soul is. It's not a real deal where the devil comes and says, well, you know, here, this is a contract, and you have to sell this. But selling your soul means you really have to sacrifice, you know, parts of your integrity, meaning this is who you are, this is what you're willing to give up for this amount of thing, and then you have to weigh it when it comes down to it. Are you willing to sacrifice this much of your personal beliefs and convictions for and trade it off for yeah, fame. That's fortune, a that's fame. a discussion that can go on forever. And that's and what happened forever. with the reactions with your guitar. Your guitar player had to quit because he his parents were pressuring him to stop doing it. Too. I mean, unfortunately, so he got reactions... to that same road that you got to with Circus of Power. Well, that was that and was you guys more... did two albums on your own, and it was like, when's the major label going to come in? Well, that was a more complicated situation in that a we were young, and b there mm -hmm. was time constraints, and it was a little longer too. It was about a three year, four year thing. Oh, shit, that was like two years. It was, all these things are yeah, like seventy nine, eighty one. Yeah, yeah. But two yeah. years when you're only like eighteen seems like five. Yeah, seven, six or seven years course. when you're our yeah. age. When now. you're young, yeah. you know your time it's, is is slower. Oh, yeah, time is and as you slower. get older, of course, it just exponentially gets faster and faster and faster. Well, the yeah. stakes so, get bigger and yeah. bigger. Of yeah. course, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. You have to look at the rest of your life and how you're going to handle it and stuff. You know. Yeah, which is interesting. So you had you made a lot of crucial decisions. So that being said, if you could go back in time. And rethink those decisions. So would you make the same? So since you, you haven't read the book, but that's that that's like the that it's which is it, ironic. It's, it's, it's mentioned and, in the book that I, I I can't go back and rewrite history. I mean, I did what I did. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's a fucking chapter called regrets. Okay. Why is it called regrets? Because I have deep regrets. That's a great segue. Which. It, which is why people need to read the book for the same reason <laughs> why great. I have those questions. You see yeah. how those questions come up naturally because I haven't read the book. What, what, like I said, we were under time constraints. You were able to drop the book off to Doug. And like I said, he had to read it, digest it and feel comfortable with it and, and whatnot. Not that I wasn't doing I had my to home, reread homework some of it too. Actually, Obviously yeah. I was trying to learn as much as I could yeah. under the time constraints that I had as well. But, you know, like, a, you know, this it is, is what it is, but it's still a natural question. And it's great it that you natural. address that in the book, because those that are listening, if you're he you're hearing this conversation, it's very it's a very legit question. And what he's saying is it is in the book. So if you guys want to get the more elaborate, you know, version of what he's trying to, to tell me in a brief get synopsis. Yeah, exactly. It's in the book. It's in the yeah. book. And so, which is great. And then and then um and then Punk on Wall Street, you've had it finished for a while, but it's not um Is that like a sequel? Is that considered well, pretty much, yeah. It it really it oh, really yeah. is because I don't again, memoir, I, I, yeah. I don't want to use the word regret, but I, I'm very happy with my life after I mean everything yeah, turned which out. Which is what the second book is, you know, starting off on that foot. The second yeah. book kind of, you know, uh rationalizes that I I, I I, I put that part of my life to sleep. I had okay. no time. Oh, All I'm right. a punk rocker? No, I'm not a fucking punk rocker. You're I got to make a living. <laughs> I got to make a living. I wow. got to be, be straight. I, and there's no time for any other bullshit. No, I get it. So, year, so I, I, I kind of squashed that. But years later, I'm thinking, 
that, you know, who I am is who I am. And, you of know, course. and Dude, you can be two things. We're drummers for time. life. You know, you're, if you're born a drummer, you never stop being a musician. But of course, it, life demands what it demands, and you have to meet and, those demands. And since so eventually, you know, our time is limited. So exactly. what, what makes me happy is okay. when I'm playing music, I mean, yeah. good music and creating mm -hmm. music. I mean that can't you can't make up for that with a with a you know hundred dollar bottle of wine or at a nice restaurant. Fuck lobster. I'll take a band anytime. Which is your integrity versus rock selling lobster. your soul. Which that, that's what I'm trying. Rock lobster. But you know what? That's interesting because it reminds me of another time where you had put up music on a shelf for like a period of maybe eight years. Because I read the article, you know, that you were doing to Churchill's. You know, and, and you said that you hadn't played in a while. You brought your date because, you know. Oh, right. That yeah, was like seven or eight years I hadn't touched a, that, a drum Exactly. And yeah. you get, and you want to elaborate on that story a little oh, bit? Oh, that was a good man, one. that's a short little story that you tell. I mean, I know, I know that you're like very brief with it, but it actually, you know, it spawned my curiosity. I was like, man, that's a fucking great story. That's awesome. That's I, I never get man. that lucky. I never get to go somewhere and say, somebody recognized me as a drummer. Hey, you want to fucking come up here? My drummer just fucking <laughs> flaked on me. Earlier, yeah. He went to get cigarettes and he never came back. Well, you, 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 you yeah. know it wasn't cigarettes he went to get, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. But, you know, okay. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going by what the article says. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. But, well, yeah. I have a long history with Charlie Pickett okay. from, from back in the day. Yeah. And the place was literally one. Wall to wall packed. Yeah. Packed from mm -hmm. from front to back. We played our very last show going on before Charlie Pickett. He had already oh, quit cool. the band. It was weird. We hadn't played together in like six months. But we had this one gig left at Churchill's. We had already broken up. And we just decided to play it. You know, it was... Um, Oh, God, it was for a CD compilation I, I forgot the name of. It was something to do with soldiers. And I'm a veteran, too, but I can't remember... Um, it had the front. It had a couple of other like old school bands that's, that's, uh, from that's, that era. It's a long time. I like the front a lot. They're like the they're like Miami Stevo or whatever. They're fun, but um, yeah. You know. But like I was saying, it's an awesome story. You know, you, you get picked out. You know, he's like, well, my drummer flaked on me. Can you come up? You know, you go up. You do. Uh, uh, you you get two encores later, as your article says, and you realize that. Not only Churchill's is in your blood, it reminds you that this is in your blood. The music, you know, the whole thing. You're like, it, 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 it kind of like sucks you back. It's like, it reminds you. It did. Sometimes that's, like that's you, what you I got that. out of that article. You need yeah, that. When you, you see a It's friend. almost like a kick in the ass. It's like the universe was telling you, hey, you know what? I know for whatever reasons, you know, you've given up on this. But then the universe says, you know what? It's not time for you to, you know. You know, everybody claims, you know, this and that and that. I'm just using the general term, the universe. Well, I, yeah, but, I had you know, that with the base. But, but yeah. of course, it's it's those circumstances that you can't control. It's not like you could predict that you go there that night and they're going to say, hey, my drummer's plate, can you come it, up there? It was so, definitely fate. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. And how did you feel when you're, like, playing those songs? Like, were, were, did you feel like, oh, okay, I'm nailing these or I'm off? Oh, or did well. you, when you're on stage, did you feel like, you know, you guys were gelling? Or did you feel like, oh, my God, I, I don't know what the fuck I did. I just hope this, <laughs> this Sense, I, I was holding on by the seat of my pants. Okay. It's hard yeah. to, yeah. drumming is physical. Oh, I mean, yeah. if so you're not I playing it. That's why I'm day. asking. Yeah. That's what I was like. How did you feel when you were going through I, that? I, I, I did the experience. job. I, I faked yeah. it, and it, it was fine. Faded it till you made it. 
But no, no, I was. It's not something I would listen to a recording and say, "Oh, wow, that's Man, a pretty you're good proud drumming. of your <laughs> performance." Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but hey, hey, and to be fair, it was eight years, but it was yeah. good enough that you got. Yeah, I got through the set. Exactly. I used to, I used to enjoy like being at a bar and you know being drunk and yeah, of sitting in with who the doesn't? band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I say who doesn't, but yeah, I no, get who it. doesn't? I, Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> I might be doing that tomorrow night, but I haven't done it in a while. But yeah, I haven't. Um, I just I stopped playing the instrument, my bass, for like four or five years, and then I ran into a friend of mine, her her and her boyfriend. They're like, she was like, "You need to pick up your guitar again." And just from her saying that, I started playing again. And found out I actually wound up got I'm better now than I ever was. Yeah, so. you spend cool. years developing this skill, and just mm-hmm. to leave it by the wayside is a is I a picked shame. it up once yeah, or twice in that whole four years, five years, you know, and then like now I you know. I practice, I, I have practiced pretty often, like, you know, two and three times a week for a while. It was every day, but then it's you know, actually, since we started the podcast, it's been a little less because of the whole, you know, work in the show and stuff. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I figured, you know, it's at least, you know, if, yeah, I, well, if I ever get the chance to play in a band again, but I see, I don't drive. So that kind of hurts it too. And when I used to have a car, I didn't want to, I had a deal with some guys that didn't have cars and they were a pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, but driving I would, somebody I'm around. not speaking for Doug. But anyways, as far as I go, it's like I, I know what it's like to be a musician. Rather, no matter how far you get in the South Florida scene, you know, A to B or whatever. But there's a certain point where sometimes you know it, this scene will vex you, and you can get to the point where you get vexed, and then then you try to move, not try to move on. At least that's what this podcast is. I'm like, you know what? It's not that I don't love music, but I figure, you know what? Let me just do something else, you know, like, let, let me try to do what I can to help other musicians because I know how deep the struggle is in South Florida is and, and how hard it is to get everybody to come together in some cohesion. Cause a lot of times Florida is very clicky and this and that. And that's one of the things that I don't like. I'm like, I'm, I'm somebody, you know, that has an open palate, you know, I can go to a punk show, to a hardcore metal show, to this show and that and that. And I will go, just go to absorb the vibes of the scene in general, but it, a lot of times in Miami, it's not like that. Or South Florida, you know, people just have, you know, okay, they're friends and family, they go to the show, and there might be five bands lined up, but the people that were there were, you know, friends and family, blah, blah, and as soon as their band that they came to support is done, they'll get up, and they'll fucking walk out, and you'll be, like, tuning your instrument. And South Florida's clicky as shit. So that's what I was saying. We oh had a technical dick, dick difficulty. Like, I did, you remember that one podcast, and, and Doug was like, you said dick difficulties. You didn't oh, say yeah. difficulties. But anyway, I guess I'm stuck on that retardedness. <laughs> but the way it's, it's ironic, because it was almost a metaphor. The way my computer just got up and just left us in the middle yeah. of our podcast. That's the way... That you feel sometimes the audience almost gets up and they almost turn their heads like they want you to see that they're just getting up. But it's not that they want you to see that. It's legitimately they came to see their bands and they're like, okay, we got jobs, blah, 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 but we got to leave. But it wasn't the same in a scene like Seattle. I believe like Seattle, people wanted the scene they it wasn't so much the bands of course they're supporting the bands but they supported the scene more it's like well who's playing i don't give a fuck we're just going to this club and they'll go to this club and you know what and, and you know what it's that i think that's well, what we're lacking the reaction is you guys South had Florida. the other bands you guys played with and you guys probably all like the cichlids and 
the kids and who I, I'm. You guys played oh. shows together, and you probably hung out and watched each other's bands play. Well, but six- also it's easier when you're like ni- 19 and or 18 too. So. Uh, you know, it's it's funny is that I thought I was the problem in South Florida that people weren't being friendly. I thought maybe I had a problem. Okay. And like you said, Seattle. Seattle was a fucking great place for music. But once I left South Florida, I realized I wasn't the problem. So it's not personal. No, people were nicer to me. And honestly, I, I was getting laid. And I so was, I'm right about yeah. the, Even though I'm a, I'm a little fish in a, in a little pond. You got it, you got you, it dead on right. I was going to say, so that was always my assumption. So you've been out of this thing. Oh, my, whole, and it, it, my whole goal was to get out of here. Not that I knew any better. Maybe, maybe New York, maybe Seattle, uh-huh. maybe San Francisco right. was the same shit. But I, did, I didn't know that. that. And you're, you're the eyes and ears. You actually oh, got out of here. Completely so different. confirm my assumptions. South and Florida and is unique. It's, it's okay. clicky. You know, people are, you know. I found of, Atlanta the same way in a lot of ways. But it was like, there was a good music scene because you had a lot of good college radio and stuff. But then you still had some of the bands with the same people following this band or that band. But you might have three or four bands with the same crowd. But it was almost impossible to get those people from that crowd into your band, even if you were doing so the then, same thing. So then we're yeah. so close to Georgia that we infected them. What he's trying to say is that that intrinsic, like if you separate Florida and Georgia from that, that that's unique. What he's trying to say, he went to New York. Sense if, even that. if you go to New York, uh-huh. like a hip, hard right. place like New York, they're welcoming like you, See, you show up, they're they're like they they want you there. In South Florida, they don't know you. Like you were saying, they give you a fucking dirty look. Like who mm, the fuck are you? Yeah, you're not so cool. Snooty. Yeah, and it's that. weird. No, I'm just I'm just know, a guy. You've never I'm been to New York. You would assume that it is that way. So I want to yeah. listen to music. Just you know, I want to hang out. I want to exactly. hang out with friends. I want to have some drinks. You know, I, I, I See, just like want to be or friendly. Three bands, not just one. And it's funny is that. Uh, a long time ago, I decided I didn't want to hang out with cool people or mean people, and that's fucking South Florida. Everybody <laughs> feels like they have to. In be a cool. nutshell, that's what happened when I started a band with him. Well, actually, the, the guy that was was Richard, uh, who we started with, because he had a couple other drummers before Sense came into picture. But that was my whole idea. I didn't want to have another music nerd like me. I want to have somebody who, like. We were talking about this before. I wanted to have a yes person, not a no person. In the 90s, when I played in these indie rock bands, it was always like, no, we can't do this. We need to play with this kind of band, or we need to do this and that and the other. No, that's no good. I wanted people to just say yes to everything and just throw everything up against the wall and see what sticks. It takes all sorts. With with that being said, Joey, that, that reminds me of another story, which is in the book. And of course, granted, I, I don't want to feel like a poser. I'm not a poser. I do homework. And of course, <laughs> my my fellow comrade here did read the book and we went over this. So, and he did tell me the stories, so I feel like I read it anyway. But I just want you to go uh, out of all when you go to New York, you meet Steven Tyler and you're working. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one yeah. of the great stories. Yes. That, yeah, that and I funny. mean, without giving away the book, no, I, I mean, don't mind that. If you, you have, have details that you didn't, yeah, because they wanted to like sense by to now. That, there's no I way to allude to that. Is that's there? a great fucking story. <laughs> I mean, of all people, uh, you know, out of all porn shops, you could have walked into. I, I, in a one hour, in a one hour podcast, I can't. 
can't give away the book. So a person that's going to read course. the book, there's 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 gonna, plenty yeah, I'm that glad. they're going to see. Yeah, but but yeah, fucking that's a story that's unique to yeah. as far as I Dude. know me that I I believe I'm the yeah. only person that has sold dildos to Steven Tyler. <laughs> Which and then I was telling Doug, I was like, I knew he was full of shit talking about whip out his big ten inch. Why are you buying dildos then, motherfucker? Uh, he was so nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He was Steven Tyler so yeah, nice. Yeah, I know he's I know. And I, I interviewed you I know just, I withdraw that comment. I'm just trying to be silly. Do you but know anyway? Like a, a year ago I interviewed his mm-hmm. son in law. Wow. And the inter- it's on uh Jitney dot com. My is interview the, the, book, it, the yeah, son-in-law the is he company. married to the hot one? Yeah, that's yeah, Liv Tyler's Liv Tyler's oh! husband. I, I interviewed him. The hot one, I say. But there, yeah. I, I wrote an article where is I interviewed him. The well, hottest looking elf in the all name? of fucking the, elfhood. The groupie from the seventies. What's her name? Babel. Babel. But his his son-in-law is the singer from Space Hog. Wow. Because they thought that they thought that Todd Rundgren was her father for a long time. Oh, Liv Tyler. Yeah, and then it wound up being Steve. But I mean, in the 70s and 80s, they thought it was Todd Rundgren. Okay. Jesus uh, Christ, that's what I read. Dude. I don't know. It's going to make things Oh, uh, Steven Tyler was Steven the nicest. Steven going to be listening. It's like, what the fuck did you just this, say? This is common history. Everybody knows <laughs> no, about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like fine. Cream Magazine yeah, in the 70s. Whatever. Like, yeah. But it, yeah, that'll be the you least. Can look of at, the, you can look no, at. No, but the, the woman, the mother had the her own album The funny thing is, out. you don't need a DNA test. You look at her, you know she's. I was about to say that. Yeah, that's what I'm You know that's Steven's face, only, you know, a lot smoother, you know, and a lot better. Whatever. But anyway, go on. No, no, that, that's, that, that's it. No, He's but, the nicest guy on this earth, man. Okay. He came in like a regular dude. All right. And I, I recognized him, you know, yeah, right, right away. Right, right yeah, away. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, but some, so the douche, actually, I don't want to call him a douchebag, because he was a nice, nice guy from Minnesota, also a struggling musician. Mm-hmm. He was like giving him, you know, a hundred questions. Finally. Oh, the other guy you worked with. I remember that. Yeah. And Steven Tyler, instead of being a dick and saying, what the fuck is wrong with All you, right. ended up showing his ID. To us, so for was, proof, it's like, oh yeah, uh, just in case, you know, it's like I know you guys have your doubts or whatever. The, here no, is he, the ID, and I was like, I was like, my face was red. I'm yeah, like, you really you already knew you and you oh knew the God, instant you know, he walked through you, the door. If you see Stephen Tyler, yeah. you know it's Stephen. Tyler. How are you going to confuse him with anyone? Yeah. You know? And then he even asked very him a question. unique. He look. asked him, "What's the first song that you played when you when you guys when Aerosmith played Minnesota?" And he answered it. And mm. then he, it was like, are you fucking kidding? Leave him alone. Let him buy his sex toys. And that's, that's great. That's when I talked to Sting, I didn't say anything about the police. All we did was talk about Elvis Costello because yeah. Elvis was opening up. I didn't want to annoy him with his own band stuff. You know? no, but anyways, but speaking of band stuff, um, that little thing I sent, the clip of Battalion of Saints, I thought it was pretty funny about oh, that the guy. Creepers with a seventy. Yeah, the guy loses his freaking shoes and Dude, stuff. Dude, that was that was a, that's funny. Like seventy five dollars shoes in nineteen eighty five. That was like a violent. That was another violent night. Yeah, that was in January of eighty five. It, it was a war between the police. That looked like a pretty packed show too. Yeah, yeah you've seen some oh, pretty thousands. There was thousands. Intense. I knew shit. about Battalion and Saints in high school because I mean, yeah, they were. You guys were. Pretty so we popular. didn't have a count of how many people. I was asking, but it was north of like three thousand, like way north of three thousand. And there was right. another. I don't want to call it a riot, but there was a, you know, something under a war yeah. between the cops and the punks. Jesus. It was insane. It was a while. I read the um, you know, the uh, Henry Rollins book. Uh, it was all the, the time in L.A. Yeah, he's, it was oh, all yeah, the time. in the early '80s, especially in the mid '80s. I guess it wasn't as bad, but it still was pretty bad. Though. Every concert, because I, I went to the Bad Brains at the not West to mention Go-Go. skinheads too. Yeah, 
in, in like 1981, I went to see the Bad Brains at the Whiskey A Go Go, and it was the same Bad shit. Brains. We walked oh, wow. out, yeah. and there was a war between the I cops and the I didn't see them until the 89, but yeah, there was no cops involved. What a great... I, the, I learned just recently that Bad Brains, even though they won't admit it, but I, I think Bad Brains is the prototype for living color. And I'm a very big living color fan. But and, and of course, living color has. I, I saw them play the, the the dude play with trombone shorty, at Revolution. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. As did I. Well, it's, it's like two it's, years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm. I didn't see that show, but when Living Color. Oh, came, Living Color itself. Yeah, Living Color. They played. I. It wasn't the Edge then. That that club has been through so many fucking names. Yeah. You know, Revolution, Chili Pepper, The Edge. It's the same joint, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah, it is the same joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. It was a gay yeah, bar. I, so I get called, so... <laughs> that was a big time gay bar. Anyways. Yeah, before yeah. all this... Main Street or Jesus something. Christ, dude. Anyways, yeah, that's we were, awesome. We were yeah. goofing a little earlier about the show, about how the kid loses his expensive shoes. Oh, and I'm like creepers. thinking, okay, this underground punk show, the kid's... Worried about is like you well, know seventy five dollars back yeah, then. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot. Of money. Shit, and then it's right a lot of money that, right now. Around around <laughs> that time, we had celebrities telling us to feed the world. You know, I mean, yeah. with Live Aid and whatnot, of it's course. kind of like a weird thing where it's um, like you got the you know, you it's got like materialism in the, the underground, world. but you're not supposed to have materialism with the rock stars. We are the world, you know, because it was right around the same time, early nineteen eighty five. I was I just kind of noticed that as I like, picked up on it. Plus, uh, what's his name? Rap Astor. We were talking about Rap Astor. He wrote an article called uh, um, "Creepers Are Wonderful Shoes." I don't know if you ever heard about oh, that. That's a great article. Great oh, you've article seen it? title. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh no, it was in a magazine called "The Ugly American." And I when I I knew Rat before when I was living in uh, in Atlanta because he, he used to come. Tom Smith would do those. Uh, he did a festival there. And uh, I think Tom Smith. I, at first, I was trying to figure out if it was either Rat or is Tom Smith who wrote that article. But uh, yeah, creepers are wonderful shoes. I haven't read it in a while, but I can't so find the. So rat could be very sarcastic. Is he pro or against creepers? I, it's so I tried. I can't find my ugly American magazines. And also, one of these guys in the in the in the in the uh, on your uh, on your trailer on my Facebook, they were talking about another zine called Tropical Depression. I only had one issue of that, and I can't find it at all. You know, like, I still have a pile of Gold Coast Live. I still have quite a few Azaz and. Uh, um, uh, the other one, Alternative Rhythms, I have a bunch of those too, but I cannot find my Tropical Depression at all. That was a good magazine though, but yeah, that's that's gone. But I kept mo I've kept all my zines. I got rid of my entire record collection, but I still have you know at least yeah. the, that was the one thing I was just like I'm not getting rid of the zines. You know that's that's kind of a not to be done basically. So Joey, it Anyways. seems like we've talked about past and a little bit of present. What what do you got in store for the future? I I there's rumors. Uh, not just rumors. I'm, I'm just. I'm being silly. <laughs> I saw your Facebook, and you already. Uh, that you was know, today. Exactly. Would you elaborate on that? If some, what's what's the band in the works here? Because that I'm reading about and and whatnot, and the members of the band and the whole concept of that, which is which is going on. This is the present day, and you you guys are actually going to be going on and doing a, a live. Uh, type of thing, right? On on the internet, if I'm not mistaken, streaming or something. Like yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of my favorite local bands is a uh, Gold Dust Lounge, and ironically, turns out, and I was just trying to, you know, support a cause. There was a a, a record, a CD that was put out last year called uh, the they you I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dan Hosker 
Continuum yeah, of in course. Honor. Yeah, I went okay. to one of those. Okay, no, so I there was two a, of those actually. So yeah. there was a CD that was put out, and I'm like, okay, local stuff. I always want to hear local stuff. So yeah. I bought this CD. I mean, the proceeds go to a good cause. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, yeah. an added bonus. I get the CD, and I'm listening to, and I hear this music from from Gold Dust Lounge. I go, who are these guys? It's original mm-hmm. music, surf punk. And I'm like, wow, this is South Florida. And that whole CD is really outstanding. Yeah. Like every song on that CD is really good. You got Humpert, obviously. Yeah, Humpert's great. Yeah. I, I didn't know who they were. And now, uh, yeah, you know, now like, you do. If oh you don't know, God. now you know. Oh, my God. They're exactly. just fabulous. They blow me away every time I'm I see them. There's a band that played one of those Dan Hosker shows. Um, I'm Actually, we borrow their drummer before Sense became our drummer. The band Basket Case. I don't know if they made I it onto I'm that. Not familiar with they're them. They're a metal band from like the the early two thousands or. Mm. But uh, we played a couple shows with them. But we were borrowing the drummer Blake, who I met with the Rat Noise thing when I used to go to Churchill's all the time with Rat Bastard. He had the Noise thing going, and a guy named Blake. He was playing with this band Basket Case, and we were between drummers. And not long before Sense came into the picture, Blake was our drummer for a couple of shows. We played with Basket Case. But the Dan Hosker thing from 2012 it's had a Basket good- Case and a, and, and a few other bands that played that I think might be on that CD. I'm not sure. I have to check that. I didn't know about the CD, so that's good to hear. To so as up. he was saying, he was trying to get to his gold so, uh, project. Yeah. So I was <laughs> exactly. just a fan of this band, and I see they're playing you know, local gigs. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I, I want to go see bands. And I, right. I, I watched them play. And, you know, uh, Russell Mofsky and uh, Robin, I'm sorry, Robin, I don't know your last name. It's all good. The violin player. I've done way worse, dude. I come here totally unprepared all the time. Not to say, you know. No, I just, because his name is Robin and my wife's name is Robin. So I know him as Robin. I'm just saying. And and that's enough. It is. And they they know I'm a drummer. So I'm like, all of a sudden they say, you know, we want to do a, a, a... a more aggressive gig. You, okay. you want to sit right. in with us? I'm like, you know, hell yeah. Because he played in the bikes with Dan Hosker a while back. Who? Ro- the Robin, the violin player. Wow, you know more I'm fucking... Sure. <laughs> no, there was a band called That's the why he's here. Yeah. No, <laughs> now I, you know. One of you is the idiot, one of you is the savant. Exactly. No, 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 I know what it means. It's true. It means. No. No, but Dan Hosker had a band shit. around 2005 I know it means the same. Yeah, he definitely he has a purpose. <laughs> He was so stoned he forgot to bring his bass amp and he wound up borrowing my bass amp, Dan Hosker. Oh, he was playing bass with the band called The Bikes and Robin was the violin player. He plays guitar and violin. And uh, the guy from the ex Cretans was Rick was on guitar and uh, who played drums? I can't remember. It might have been Faust. No, it wasn't Fausto. It was somebody else was playing drums. So, so no, but anyways. So but yeah, that, I, that triggered a memory when I saw the picture of you guys. I was like, yeah, I know that violin player. He's from the bikes. No, so, yeah. so they asked As me. He's going. They, they said, you know, we're pl- we want to play a more aggressive gig, okay. more rocking gig. Do you want a drum? I'm like, sure. I'd love to see One last in. thing. I couldn't find my bikes t-shirt, so I wore this instead. But anyways. It's cool. Well, <laughs> what, we're not a visual podcast yeah, yet. I know. Yeah, But if we could go in, we just describe it. <laughs> this just in. Yeah, we, we have to be reminded that we're not a yeah, visual exactly. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we did the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. I did a gig with them, and it was it was a hoot. I mean, we rocked it. It was okay. rocked out Gold Dust Lounge. I mean, they're an outstanding band, but they're a little laid back. Mm-hmm. And my vision of them was like in your face, punk, yeah. surf punk. Yeah. And we yeah. did this gig and it sounded like, like like I had it in my head. It was really good. But then to go back into my age that I'm uh, subject to injury as, as a 58-year-old. Liar. So I got... 
<laughs> he's immortal. And then we're yeah, going to get it to... We're gonna, when, when we get off the podcast, we're going to get it out of him, what what, what his secret yeah, is. The, the yeah, the real deal. Yeah, anyway, go on. So I got on. a nasty tennis elbow, and I'm okay, like, okay, whatever. I'm done. I, I he's part jump. of the Illuminati. They were trying to get a hold of me two days ago, but anyway. <laughs> No, no, I did. I got a, I got a friend request for the Illuminati. Uh, yeah, it's pretty that, funny. It, it's he two just, days ago. he spent like almost an hour just discussing how he would never sell his soul. So I doubt that he'd be part. Not of yet. I said know. not yet. Yeah. Oh, so it, if you want to yeah, listen to the right. tape, I said I, not I yet. I stand corrected. You said the offer was on a table, and you, you know. So, so go with on. this COVID, you know, quarantine mm-hmm, things mm-hmm, that we're going mm-hmm. through, I'm like. Come on, let, my my elbow's fine. I'm drumming mm-hmm. again because I'm I'm doing a gig with my old band, my old punk band, Battalion of Saints. Oh yeah, shit. so I've been drumming again, and yeah, uh, you got to keep us in a loop. Now I definitely want to be at the show. Are they still in New York, or what was the, uh, the no San, San Diego is okay, where, yeah. where oh, they're based San out of yeah. uh, the bass players. That's in, right, I forgot. In yeah. London. So I've been playing, and mm-hmm. but you know you need to keep fresh. So yeah, for sure. I, I don't want to keep your chops up. It's I, I and I have to. Just completely clarify, I'm not using this gig to stay fresh. I love playing the music. This is what I enjoy. I mean, everything else, the fucking drinking or whatever other enjoyments, food or whatever sex people get... You know, I get side note, I've seen your Facebook and you do these things where you're just playing the drums. You go through these things. I enjoy exactly. So I get it. I'm like one drummer to another. I know that you enjoy your craft and that in the end, if it's just you and the drums, it's going to it's going to boil down to that. And so I can understand and respect that. I I feel you could. Yeah. Even more better than it's like masturbating, by the way, playing by yourself, which is all good. Very pleasurable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but anyway but sometimes it's, you wanna... it's not that fucking great i mean i'm just saying oh, you're doing like it wrong you, when you all <laughs> yeah he's like, definitely i don't even know how to fucking, for that i don't even know how to make myself happy <laughs> since the point is it's yes, funner to do yes. it with a partner real <laughs> yeah real everyone and back in so but uh, yeah playing music with on. these guys these guys are great musicians mm. russell mofsky's great robin plays a all right just an amazing Amazing violin. I feel like I'm making music, not noise. Not, no disrespect to Rat, yeah. but it's it's yeah. it's beautiful. I yeah. I, I enjoy Rat and it. Creepers, and that's what I get off on. Yeah. being part of this. But group. at least you get to feel like you're doing something again. Oh yeah, yeah. Sense whether I'm playing clarinet yeah. in an orchestra, well, it's and it sounds good. good. Yeah, this is what I enjoy. Yeah, and you can't exactly. do it by yourself. It's a group effort. No, no man is an island. Yeah, I've been saying. No, that but this for a new band—you got Rob Elvis playing bass, though. He's right? a rockin'. Yeah. He, he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, I wouldn't want to do. Because I remember seeing Rob Dan Elvis. Hosker playing bass. I was like, yeah, he's a great guitar player. We could do the bass pretty well too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. we used uh, Dan. Okay. For uh, oh my god, I'm sorry, Dan. I forgot your last name. It's, it's the other guitar good. player, yeah. But you know, we're all like totally tuned in. So where can we catch you? I mean, oh, it's, it's going to be a live stream. It's yeah. going to be at exactly. uh, Live Apparatus Juan Onya's studio in Fort Lauderdale. Super okay. nice, mellow, you know, evil yeah, genius. Yeah, but this is going to be like an online yeah, broadcast. Yeah, man, he has studio. Yeah. He has this his, his studio rigged so you get a live stream of studio quality to. Uh, to Instagram, to Facebook, and that's to YouTube. Phenomenal. And, and we're doing a 45-minute set. We've got like 
four cameras. Yeah. That's going to be great. You know, full yeah. on. Shit. You know, We're going to be tuned to in all the way. It. That's happening tomorrow night, right? No, October 10, oh, 10, 20. October 10, yeah, so 2020 at 8 p.m. 10, 10, 20. Yeah, 10, 10, 10 20. Okay. That's fucking phenomenal. I, I was going to ask, is there any any word on the, the release date for uh, Punk on Wall Street? Or is uh, that still in the air? So, uh, you know... Stephen Blush needs to get you with Feral House to put that out. Well, Actually, this Feral, this should be a Feral House book, also. I think to to translate that, he's trying to say it's like you're as good as anybody that's on oh, Feral House. Thank you know, you. it's like that's yeah, what he's trying to say. We were, like, I was showing so him a Feral like, House we, book about Chicago are you considering? Gangs and stuff, yeah, man. he's like, are you considering maybe a different publisher? Is what he's trying to say. It's like. Feral House, have you shopped? Actually, that that, Fer- that really House. is the idea. That was the idea. Yeah, here's long. Stephen Blush right here, and that, that's a Feral House book, American Hardcore. Exactly. I like that book, but I haven't read Lost Rockers or New York Rock yet. But the American Hardcore was pretty good. Both yeah. of those yeah. books are excellent, yeah. by the way. And, and Feral House put out American Hardcore, and also uh, <laughs> Harley exactly. Flanagan from Cro-Mags. He had sure, a Feral House book. Of course, book. of course. So I, I kind of feel like this is up to that level. It should. Oh, you know. Well, I was. I mean, dis- I'm no no disrespect to dis- to Jitney. No, or whatever, of course. I'm just saying. That, and that's. That's not know. what we're saying by any shape, means, or form. Some of their book, other books looked pretty good. I did look at their site and stuff, but it looked kind of Do you, do you like, guys know yeah. I was in discussions with Feral House before? Uh, we don't. They, they no, see, I didn't know that. That's no. unbelievable. Because well, I figured if Stephen Blush was involved, yeah, oh, possi- there you go. there's that's, a possibility of that. There's a connection yeah. there. That's why I brought it up. But the but yeah. genius behind Feral House passed away. He died two years ago. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. yeah. Paul Man, I would have loved to have talked to that guy. Yeah, he died in April. Of yeah. 2018, yeah, it's been over. T- it's like two and a half years now. So, un- so it's not what you're trying to say is that that was already in your sights. Oh, oh, sure. But the the business of publishing is very similar to the business of music, where you have record labels, record label, and they're and still putting out a lot of books. Though is a publisher, a yeah. And to get to a publisher, you need an agent. And I was fortunate enough through Stephen Blush that somebody read this book, this manuscript before mm-hmm. it was released and took me on as a customer. And he got advanced uh, preview of A Punk on Wall Street. And he goes, uh-huh. man, A Punk on Wall Street has more of a national feel to it. So we agreed to let uh, the drummer of Miami Beach be published by a local publishing company, Jitney Books, which uh-huh. was awesome. Of uh, course. J.J. Colagrande is you know, like awesome. Done no, I looked at their site. Florida. They got a few other books yeah. I want to read. Yeah. But the the idea for a punk on Wall Street is, uh, you know, if if I thought it was just, you know, just okay, uh, you know, I'd be okay releasing it, self-publishing it. But um, this agent kind of verified to me that it's it's a little better than okay or more than okay. You got to evolve. You got to go, you know, with the punches. So it takes a little longer, but I am looking for a record label, which is a real publisher, which is worth the effort. So. Now we come like to the very end of this whole thing. It's like, what is your take on this whole Church Hills thing? I, yeah, yeah exactly. Cl- a friend know, of mine. It's like everyone me. is fucking concussed. Everybody's confused. Everybody has their own opinions, and everybody's seeing this post and that post, and they're saying that this person is that person, that person, blah blah blah. So yeah, everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm being obscure. It's like everybody has their own take on this. But since you're our special guess what is your take on what is happening at churchill's with this whole thing the opinions i know that nothing you're Uh, saying is 
golden or fact or whatever, but you're, you know, you're like anybody else. You, you have a right to your own opinion and your own point of view. And I'm very interested into your take into what the fuck is going on with this fucking shit. So it, it could either go uh, either of two ways. There's the money route where uh-huh. it could turn into a CVS and the owner of the property is going to be very happy. All right. End of story. Uh, Ian is, thinks that it could remain. And it, you know what? It could turn into like a, uh, a modern day CBGB's where they, you know, they, they fix it up, clean it up. Mm-hmm. And we, we get some kind of a mainstream. It was more audience. like CBGBs before. I was about, yeah, yeah that, I, was I, was, I was, I was, I was we, hesitant. Everyone says that. Everyone knows. No, no, I'm talking it's about. All, yeah, but I'm not trying to like go over that. I'm just saying everybody no, sensei, embraces all, Churchill's. They always say this is our CBGBs. This is a know. different concept. I'm talking yeah. about 2020. What would all CBGBs right. look like? In 2020, it wouldn't be that grungy, you know, bar that, yeah. that you know, we all, right. all loved. That closed in 2007, a long time ago. It's got to be That your more... girlfriend was cringing at when you went on stage. There you and go. The altered, and, you're, and you had to ask her, you're like, are you sure you're okay with being here? It's like, do you have to? It's, uh, like my wife it doesn't want, fu- my wife doesn't want to go to Churchill's. It's fucking smoky. There's some fucking dodgy looking so motherfuckers. So I get your point like is all They want to beat say. the but fuck out of me. With, yeah. Um, I, one time somebody was stealing license plates off of co- vans that were well, unloading their equipment. No, it ends up being... License plate like, is better than your fucking happen, $600 yeah. snare drum. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah, I remember that story. Uh, That's yeah, so up. on and yeah. so yeah. forth. So just yeah. to qualify that snide remark I, I, I made, those are just, you know, like initial in- appearances, mm-hmm. but these are the nicest people. Nothing's going to happen to you at Churchill's. But to, to, to follow up on the concept of a 2020, what would what would CBGBs look like in 2020? It wouldn't be that grunge bar w- with a bathroom that's that's you know completely disgusting. So just picture this: they put some money into Churchill's, they they expand it maybe, mm. they make it nice, they make it look like I don't want to say a mainstream bar, but where a lot of people feel comfortable going, maybe a parking lot, and instead of having fucking you know, 17 people in that goddamn bar. You you have, you know, hundreds of people making it a part. It's like, like, um, Wynwood, like Wynwood used to be a, you know, a, a rough place. Now yeah. you have Europeans, you know, going there thinking it's the nicest place in the world. Yeah. So just imagine, so Churchill's can be either of two things. It could either turn into a CVS where the landlord, the, the owner of the property is making a ton of money or, they can. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go back to the Churchills that we know, where there's 17 people, and they're you know smoking cigarettes and you know. Yeah, it, smoking might be designated to be outside. Yeah, econ- I mean, economically. The, the, no, the forget about that, the smoking. But what he's saying, the environment that Churchills has re- represented for 30 years is on the verge of death. Meaning that it, that beyond what's going on today, it's either gonna be this or that. It, uh, am I correct? Or? You can't. You. It's not a ten thousand dollar a month. I mean, that place is evolving. Little Haiti is mm-hmm. evolving. It's no longer a ten thousand dollar a month a month rent. It's going to be a twenty thousand okay. dollar a month rent to All cover right. that rent. You've got to make it nicer. You've got to uh, invite more people seven days a week instead of again instead of having seventeen people drinking uh you know a couple of PBRs. You're almost talking gent. 
gentrifying the place. Yeah. No, no. Well, almost. I, I'm the, I, almost. I, that's why I'm you very... Said, said, you said the neighborhood is... I didn't even want to say yeah. it, but, you know. Okay, so your vision... Let's, uh, listen, I'm being realistic because wow. I have... Um, you know, I'm on Wall Street, yeah, but I'm a punk. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm fucking keeping it real. I'm not going to yeah. tell you what you want to hear. Um, we don't I, even I know don't what we want to hear. I don't know. I don't either, but go on. So listen, if when when you're faced with two choices, a CVS... Or a gentrified uh, Churchill. Version well, of Churchill. Okay, you know what? Choose. You want the fucking CVS? Mm-hmm. Great. That's what it's going to be. You're going to lose your Churchill. Give me the CVS now. No, <laughs> I got one no. right next to me. No, there's nothing wrong with with a with a nice. I'll die higher with rent cop syrup all up in my fucking vocal cords. <laughs> hey, you asked me. I, I no, have, I know. But I have the, no insight as to what's really judge what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm. It's great that you're giving us your opinion on that because of course you you have an expertise that we don't the owner has a property that's worth something he Mm -hmm. hasn't been paid rent all right there's going to be a change now is the time for this owner of the property this is all all speculation no but that's what we set that up too and when we said the whole thing it's like this is your take this is represent anything but speculation but it's still, you know, I respect your opinion. I already know. I have that a you friend I talk what the to. Fuck you're talking I, I don't about. think you I, have a mind, a business mind. You're already orientated in that vein. So I'm just asking your honest if opinion. If Churchill's you know? is going to stay alive, it's uh-huh. going gonna, gonna to look more like what I am. Unless, is, unless like the guy's a saint. And, and I'm not trying to represent when I said gentrification. I wasn't trying to say that I was uh, um, resenting that idea either. I'm just... You know, just trying to say. Uh, Listen, uh, that's why I said almost. Churchill's will it. never be Disney World. It, it just yeah, won't. No, that's a fact. So as if well. they cleaned it up, you know, made it a little mm. bigger, and you know, whatever, mm. it, it'll never be Disney World. It's still going to be. If Rat's still going to be there, if Ian's still going to yeah. be there, it's still going to be a super cool place. Mm. But it has to generate a little more money. That's all. Of course. Yeah. The, the owner wants his rent. It's still a fucking business, yeah. dude. Dude, and, if it's and, my place and I have a choice of, of charging. You know, twenty five thousand dollars a month to CVS, or or maybe getting my ten thousand dollar a month or seven thousand dollar a month rent. You know what? I'm taking the fucking twenty five grand. Understood. With that said, we are gonna conclude our version of tonight's Savanting the Idiot. Hey, Joey, great fucking show, and thank you for gracing us with your presence, man. We're, we're honored, and it was a great time. Since you and Douglas are a fresh of some nasty fresh air. <laughs> <laughs>